Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for stage 14 of the Giro. Very unusual stage profile with one, what would be an all-category climb, a 20K 6.6% climb to 2,000 metres in probably the Tour de France just smack back in the middle of an otherwise flat stage coming back <laughs> from Sierre in Valais in Switzerland back to the southern side of the Alps to Italy to Cassano Magnano. Magnago is how you say it, actually. 197 Ks, worse weather than yesterday, uh, but they did the stage anyway. Saturday stage, it was really with Pedersen out, with Groves out. And just maybe Jayco wanting a reduced bunch sprint, looking like a nailed-on breakaway stage. There was 30Ks of flat before, including Benji crosswinds, but I don't, I don't count them as cross... I mean, they weren't in Italy. They were still in Switzerland in the break formation. So there's still no crosswinds ever recorded in Italy. Yeah, that's a, that's a factual statement, I would say. Now, this break formation was going into the climbing section of the stage already as well, and we see this really large break form in like multiple parts. We always have this on these kind of stages where if a climb is relatively to the start of the stage that the break goes in waves, and we see Ineos trying to control certain riders, and we see Adam's one, for example, respond on Thibaut Pinot that goes into uh, the breakaway, which I think is understandable. Eh? Pinot is now on three minutes and a bit in GC. He's now 10th in GC, if I recall correctly. So... At that point, I would say it's normal that Ineos is like, if this guy's in the break, we're going to have to pace hard in this stage. And if we keep it to a breakaway that is on 20 minutes, everybody, then we can give them a large gap. So that was a very logical move. But were you surprised not to see UAE? A little bit, like maybe McNulty could get in this break or Ulysses and they can really pace the climb hard. And then, you know, Ulysses can win from a really small group or, you know... I was a little bit surprised. Uh, also, EF on back-to-back sort of break stages have not, or not not yesterday, but the other days, they're not getting multiple riders in these groups, and that really costs you. They only got one in the group again. Um, and it's really, Ineos were just hoping, uh, I mean, that it would be a decent break and they could pace behind with Pucci all day at 200 watts. That was their plan, and it eventually happened. Here's the break. Well, actually, there was a counter move, but <laughs> Trek riders, Molima, Schoens, and Otto Vergade, sprinters, Gaviria with two teammates, Barta and Verona. Barta and Verona came over in a counter move later. Aldani for Alperson, Ballerini with Seri for Quickstep, Bessiol on his own for EF, Pasquale on the sprinter for Bahrain with Suttel in there for him, Nico Denz on his own, and eventually. Uh, Israel did have, I think, one in the move originally. I think it might have been Williams, and then Clark and uh, G came across in a counter move with reinforcements, and then there was another move when the break had fully gone from Iolo with 
one of the Bice brothers and Maestri, much to the chagrin of Ineos, who were like, can you, can you not please? So a big break. Other riders of note would be Meyerhofer, who won Cadillac's yeah. road race. He's very, very good. Young German rider on DSM. And... Is he good yeah. because he won Cadillac's Great Ocean Road Race? Yes. you got to be good <laughs> to win there. Yeah, okay. Now, this break exists and... You're seeing, if you're watching the race, a climb, a big climb up to 2,000 meters, rainy conditions and so forth, and we see the rain kind of get worse and worse as the climb goes on, I feel like. But did you expect certain teams on the climb to do different things? Because if we take a look at this breakaway, we've got riders that, like, would you want to get over this climb in a group where Gaviria is present, well, where Ballerini is present, where the sprinting types are present? Yeah, I was really surprised, frankly. Um, the fact that none of Trek or Israel tried to put the sprinters, which I'll list again, Gaviria, Pasqualon, Oldani, Ballerini, under pressure on that climb when they had multiple teammates was very, very surprising to me because otherwise, how are you really going to win this race? Like, Movistar did the right thing, pacing a very easy tempo that Gaviri was happy with. But I don't really... Yeah, I, I listen, G's tired, and this is not a video <laughs> game, of course, but I was, I was really... I think if I was Israel, if he had the legs, yeah. you go full gas with G on that climb, and then the people that would have been... Listen, G was one minute off going toe-to-toe, with Rubio, Cepeda, and Pino on a high mountain stage yesterday. And yep. if the climb was 5-6%, he would have been with them. There is no one of that caliber in this group. This is a 20-kilometer, 20 20Ks, 6.6% climb, an hour. And I don't know who would have been able to go with him. Certainly no one that could sprint. So you then can have a situation, and listen... This is so far from the finish, but then you have a situation where G is in the valley afterwards mm -hmm. and Clark and Williams are sitting in the wheels. Yep. And ideally, you'd have someone like Mollimer going with him or someone that G can toast in a sprint. And Trek should also... Yeah, I, I just thought, why would you... I know no, it's far from the finish, but you can, put re, you can put minutes into sprinters on a climb like that. Exactly. Riders <laughs> like Bargill, I was also expecting to go in moves like that on the climb and so forth, but... We did not necessarily see that. We basically saw a bit of a, I would say, a relative standstill between the break and the peloton. We did see moves on the climb from the likes of Davide Baez and Armirai because, as you might know from yesterday, Pino's back in the KOM jersey. He stole that again from Davide Baez. There's a fight going on there. And in today's breakaway, Armirai was trying to prevent Davide Baez from getting KOM points at the top and failed. So Davide Baez took the points and took back the KOM jersey on top of the Simplon pass here. and. The gap just kept expanding. It wasn't two minutes anymore. It wasn't five minutes anymore. It went to 10 minutes. It went to 15 minutes. And now we're entering the last, let's say, 70 kilometers of the stage. And this is the moments where you'd expect someone to try and anticipate it because this group is not going to ride to the line with Gaviria and so forth in the group. Because there's teams in here, like, for example, the tracks that didn't do anything on the climb before, that will think to themselves, well, what is Squins, Molleman, Vergard going to do in a sprint against Gaviria? So... These riders need to anticipate the sprint, need to try and form a group ahead. And it's not Trek that does it. It's Laurens Rex who first pretends to be swimming. He, well, he was like swimming 
through the rain. He was literally doing a swimming motion on the bike. That was pretty amazing to see. But after that, he decided to attack from that group, which it looked like he was going solo for a bit. We had roughly 65-ish kilometers to go. The gap was indeed 15 minutes. And we see Oldani join first. So there's a man of two, uh, a group of two men ahead now, and Ballerini jumps to it. And then it takes a bit. The gap kind of enlarges to 20, 25 seconds, maybe. I'd say 20 seconds. And we see the same thing that we saw a few days ago, where Screens missed a break a few days ago, right? Where he wasn't in the front group, and then he bridged to that group yeah. once the gap was already 20 seconds. That's because Trek realizes, ah, oh, fuck, we messed up here, and we're not in the group, right? They did, but again, the stage is already over for them. Because... All of these counter moves are going to have someone quick in it. They're going to yeah. have either Ballerini, Pascalon, or Aldani, or Gaviria in it. And without those guys dropped or put under pressure on the climb, it's like, okay, they don't have a choice. They need to get Schoens in that move. Does Schoens need to work as hard or harder than Ballerini or Aldani in that group? No, he really shouldn't. With yeah. They have no option. Ballerini and Aldani have no teammates behind. And they're going to win the sprint. So Schoen should be doing less work than them. And the Trek guys get to sit in behind. They all work equally for a long time. The gap goes out because, again, it's four strong riders, Rex Ballerini, Aldani, Schoen's, And you see this often pacing against three guys behind who are actually weaker than them. A tied Will Barter on the flat, who's a climber. He's good TT, mm -hmm. but a bit lighter than those guys. Sutilin, who was strong. And I don't know who else. Very tired Verona. So without Pascal on or Gaviria pulling, they were never pulling that gap back. They just held it first 20, 30, 40, 50 seconds. But today we didn't actually see group two dysfunction, Benji. This was a kind of the opposite. It was good. Everyone kept believing. It was a pretty functional second group, although at a certain point, I was maybe expecting someone like a Meidhofer to panic and be like, oh, I need to help pace these guys because otherwise we're not catching the front group. But we didn't really get to that point because the gap kept itself at 50, 40 seconds for a while. And we got to talk about something different for a second. Ademirai is in that second group. And Ademirai is 18 minutes and 38 seconds behind the Malia Rosa and GC going into today's stage. And the break has now gained 18 minutes on the peloton, basically, which means that Ademirai it's closing in on the Maliarosa. He's now 17 minutes in front of Thomas on his bike with roughly 50k to go. So he's closing in there. And let's talk about the idea behind whether Ineos would be interested or not interested in, in trying to give the jersey away towards a, a Bruno Admirai here for a second. Because let's say Admirai takes pink at the end of the stage. What benefits does that give Ineos? The first thing I think of is the media stuff behind the stage, right? Yeah, you can just finish the stage go to the baths. You don't have to talk to anybody if you don't want to. Uh, you might not need to do a piss test either. I'm not sure. So you might be not have to do doping control. And if you can't piss after the stage, I think, didn't Thomas say the other day he couldn't pee and he had to just go on the turbo and just wait and Yumbo lent him a turbo for a bit. Um, so that's another one. Maybe you don't have to do doping control because maybe I think the leader of every day probably has to and the top three in the stage. And then, of course, there's the random checks. So yeah, there's that stuff. Now, does it mean that Ineos at the start of tomorrow's tricky stage can go, ah, don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure it means that. Um, but it also like, why, why, pay, why say, hey, Salvatore, drive it a bit harder, please. 
Why? Like, there's no real point to it. As uh, I see, I saw no reason except for maybe the the prestige of having the jersey another day, which Thomas probably yeah. shouldn't care about anyway at this point. So I thought it was likely that Niels was going to try and give the Malia Rosa away and about the control of tomorrow's stage. Yes, it's a Lombardia-like stage. There's four medium mountains in it. Yes, stuff can happen. If I mean I take Spink, if I'm Grupama, do I even want to help control? I'd be like, sure, thanks for the Malia Rosa. They We're probably going to lose it anyway. Let's put Pino in the breakaway and not control at all. That's what I would do if I was Grupama tomorrow. <laughs> Pino wasn't allowed in the break today by Enios because he's yeah. back on, what, four minutes or three minutes or something. But hey, what tomorrow? If, if Pino tries to get in the break, will Enios close it? <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, I know. I'm saying it's not that big a deal losing the Mali. It doesn't change that much for tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Pino also, he has some pretty, I mean, there's a lot of finger pointing yesterday yeah. about, oh, Cepeda and Rubio and a lack of maybe reflection on how he could have ridden the climb a little bit differently. Um, but anyway, Amirel could have gone into pink. Anyway, the four go up the road. Schoons, let's go into the future uh, because I went for a bike ride in four degrees, might add, and high winds, one hour, 100 watts, just keeping the 1,500 watts for 50 seconds powder dry. Right uh, yeah, I know, absolutely flying. And into the last 20Ks, we actually have a couple of climbs and you, you can barely see them on the profile because the Simplon Pass basically makes everything else look tiny and in comparison to it, but there's actually hills in the final, like 1K, 6%, and there's two or three of them. And then the finish itself is not flat. It's actually a hard uphill drag. So it's a hard final. Maybe Schoens is thinking, i got to offload these guys here. Um, because the gap was at 50 seconds and then we see actually a big move from behind. The group drops, uh, Schoen's pushes, pushes, sorry, drops Rex, him Aldani Ballerini. He's doing a lot of work. And then behind we see a big move from G. First it doesn't go, but it takes 20 seconds out of the gap or it halves it from 50 to 25 as much as we can trust them. But it's brought back by the group. And then Meyerhofer, he was pushing it through the corners, great handling. He goes again, and G goes with him. Betty all bridges across with Dens, and now, uh, whatever, what's the opposite of dysfunction? Function. Group two function. We have a really strong chase group of motivated riders with nothing to lose. Dens, we just want, already won a stage. Betty all, G, Meyerhofer, all tanks. Most of them got a decent sprint, and group one. He's on 25 seconds. Schoens shouldn't take these guys to the finish. The others don't want to lead out. They're also really tired because they jumped hours ago. And we had group one dysfunction. Yeah, we had group one dysfunction and it started, started becoming closer and closer towards a, a similar stage like Amstel Gold Race match of Vanderpool edition. Remember 2019 when he come back? in the last kilometer and surpassed everybody in that final sprint. It kind of started feeling like that in the last five kilometers. And we see the gap go to 20 seconds. We see the gap go to 15 seconds. And in that first group, we see, I don't know, I feel like Ballerini was probably actually not feeling that great anymore. No. Because... Aldani fucked it. Yeah, Aldani suddenly like skipped a turn and then still took another turn a bit later. 
It's like he wanted to skip a turn, but then felt like, okay, I might be skipping too early. So he goes back into the relay. But at that point, you've already caused a bit of dysfunction. People are already looking at you like, what the fuck, man? And Gascoigne's just still rolling through. So exactly. softly, admittedly, but I don't know what he was thinking, actually. Because <laughs> he had the best legs in the group, I think. Yeah. I had no idea. He, he cost himself. Yeah, but the group behind was pushing. Maybe he was right because Ballerini finishes a bit closer in the end, but the group behind comes back. Denz is the man to actually close the gap finally for them. We're into the last 500 meters, but Aldani's launched a full sprint. I thought it was a 200 to go. He started sprinting Benji with like 30, 40 seconds left, uh, mainly because he thought he could gap Schoens. He was on the other side of the road. It was very weird. And he's brought back, stops. Denz brings them back. He's got G in the wheel uh, and Bertiol. Denz immediately, oh, Bertiol then launches super early. Denz in his wheel, leads him out. Denz comes around him, goes to the left barrier. G in his wheel. Denz the better sprinter, but it's an uphill drag after a 200k stage. And Denz looks like he's got it, but then G suddenly comes out of the wheel. Denz looks beneath his legs, sees G coming, comes off the barrier a little <laughs> bit. The diagonal from the barrier to the center painter strip posts up Alaphilippe style so early with G finishing strong. And his celebration, he reaches out and actually hits G in the face whilst G's bike throwing. We, it all looked like he'd Alaphilippe himself, but he's yeah. actually won the photo finish ahead of G and Bediol wrecks on one second in fourth, actually really impressive because he got dropped by Schoens. Ballerini fifth, Schoens sixth, Mayhofer seventh, Aldani eighth, Pascal ninth, and Maestri tenth. Okay. We see uh, a celebration that violently punches G in the face. Now, it's pretty crazy how that group came back last minute, surpassed the group with Ballerini and so forth. But the moment that I also like to dive in on is that there's this moment where when Aldani goes in the first group before they are caught, that Ballerini looks to the floor and looks half dead and screens comes past and ballerini jumps to the real screens and lets screens close it was that a genius move by ballerini or was he just so dead instantly and then realized i've got something to give let's try and follow screens i don't know it's hard to say whether guys are faking or genuinely tired at the end of a stage like this and ballerini sprints not looked he's not been in the form that he was in in 2021 when he won omelope yeah. in the last 18 months so but yeah He's had the best classic season of the majority of quick step riders, though. Then again, True. what what did he do? Twelfth in Omlope or something? Mm, sixth in Omlope. Oh. Yeah, seventh in Dwarz Dour, eleventh in Brugge de Pana, twelfth in San Remo. Yeah, that's he was. Yeah, you're right. He must have won a lot of Group Three sprints or something. Anyway, <laughs> of course, I'm. I want Derek. I wanted Derek G to win. He's been trying yes. so hard. Uh, he hasn't won a pro race. No, he does have one win, the national, the Canadian ITT champs last year, but he hasn't won a race, like a, a road race in Europe or anything. But mate, the third time he's getting second in this Giro, yeah. it's like, it's like Fred Wright all over again. Like Derek mm, G is Canadian nah, Fred Wright. Fred Wright loses sprints where he's the nailed on favorite. <laughs> That's different. He lost a That's sprint to Harada, true. man. <laughs> that is true. But I will, however, say that Derek G is the man of the people in this in the Giro d'Italia. He's been by far the MVP when it comes to the breakaways, in my opinion. He's been the guy that came out of probably nowhere for many people. I knew him from playing Pro Cycling Manager, but that was about it. And seeing him 
in the Giro d'Italia go from a role where he goes into breakaways like any other Israel rider to being probably, I think in your words, the most competitive rider on Israel? Gee. Yeah. Yeah, he's the best rider on Israel. On Israel. A low bar, but it's, it's still pretty crazy because he's contracted until 2025, which is kind of unfortunate. They're lucky. Yeah. This man is really, uh, really stepping up. And if there is a super competitivity in this race, then it probably deserves to go to G. That is uh, certain. But by he, the way, he, do you feel like scored. Dent should be the DQ'd? I mean, okay. Should Dens be should Dens be relegated based on the history of relegations and what gets relegated? No, I accept that. Should Dens be relegated according to the rules and what he did? Yeah, but like I've almost, I'm like semi-retired. Maybe taking I'm working three days a week. For the deviation, deviation police. police? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of about to take my pension. Uh, <laughs> I've been I've a long serving. I might have to give the reins to someone else as, as the deviation. Because I, I just, yeah, like G, Den sees G coming. He looks under his legs twice and he moves from the barrier and G has to go further and avoid him. And can't bike throw as effectively, and then he hits him in the face whilst he's bike throwing. So, like before the line. I mean, in all seriousness, that is yeah. that is a farce. And that ironically, that he is impeded true. his sprint in two ways. Yeah, but I feel like the the celebration punch. That's one that I'm like, that's a pure accident. And I even though the I don't care, it's an accident. Ah, uh, you take your hands I... off the bars in a sprint. Before the line, before the stage is finished, and you hit, touch another competitor, impacting their bike throw. When you put it, because it looks ridiculous. Everyone's like, ah, well, Dens would have won anyway. But when you actually spell it out. He probably wouldn't have. If Dens doesn't move off, the, off his line and doesn't hit G. G probably wins. G probably wins. But then but he, he'd have to still post up early because the post up cost him. But. Anyway, um, one more thing. Yeah. We've spoken about G a lot in this Giro, but we haven't spoken about his, his prophecy mission in this race, which is stealing the Maglia Ciclamino from Jonathan Milan before we get to Rome. Because <laughs> yesterday he was first in the Ciclamino jersey. Today he's second. He's now on 52 points from the Ciclamino jersey. He's the closest competitor of Milan. Nico Denz is actually also moving up to fourth position. And ironically... I want to see Derek G just try to steal it away from, from Milan by going in breakaways, by having, having Israel pace the entirety of the Trecima de Levaredo stage to get Milan out of limit, out of time limit. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine they're the both in the story. Gruppetto <laughs> and they start driving the Gruppetto harder to drop Milan. That, that would be amazing. They actually I, I'd should give do everything that. for it. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> how many points do you take today? He was on 88 yesterday. Today he took 26? 24 points. Okay, my math is definitely He's wrong. catching up. I mean, Milan will probably do well in Rome and take points there if he makes it. They probably have to OTL him. I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, back in the GC group, no changes. Um, I'm sure this was the, <laughs> I mean, why they scheduled this stage for Saturday and yesterday for Friday. We'll never know. But well, to be I'm fair, old, this was a better stage than yesterday's. <laughs> yeah, but. 
the weather was worse yesterday. It was colder <laughs> and rainy on Simply Next. I give up as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. What about all the sick riders that shouldn't ride 200Ks in the in five degrees and rainy? Poor, poor guys. Amiral goes into the pink jersey a minute 41 ahead of Thomas. Should Yumbo have flicked any off Benji? I think they they could have used Afini for it because Afini is that guy that they're probably not going to overly miss in the majority of mountain stage. He's useful there before the climbs and on the first part of climbs. But I think Afini spending a bit of energy trying to keep this under 18 minutes wouldn't have necessarily uh, made a difference. But Admirai being in pink, is it's by a minute and 40 seconds, so it's quite a bit. Eh? Afini would have had to pace. How much do you, energy does Afini need to pace to close Full that? Gas. For how long? They probably would have to start earlier. He'd have to go hard because Armirel was in the group three or whatever. They were going yep. absolutely full to the line. So he can't just oh, moderate. They needed. They would have needed to have started at 12 minutes when Ineos were pacing at 12 minutes and gradually let it out to only 15, 16 if they didn't want. And that's probably a lot. And yeah, I think... Does it change anything? Because as we discussed, Benji, let's talk about tomorrow's stage. Don't we think Ineos will kind of control anyway? Because that's what they've they been doing to. in this race. It doesn't matter if they're in the Mali or not. Because if, if Ineos are really thinking about GC position, then they wouldn't have been doing so much work for Yumbo in the last week anyway. Let's first get this out of the way. If I was Groupama, I'd try and go in the breakaway and not think about think too much about Admirai trying to hold it to the end of the stage. If you do, you do. If you don't, you don't. But if Grupama doesn't go in the break and focus on the Malia Rosa, then Ineos might have a bit of help trying to close down riders that might hinder GC or might try and move up in GC to the point that it hinders the first rider, which is Admirai. So in that sense, Grupama might help a bit, but I still think Ineos will have to do the majority of the work because like the way Arden's mom responded to Pinot, they're going to have to do that to a lot of riders. Eh? If we take a look at uh, the rest of GC, for example, let's say, I don't think, I don't expect a Garfi to go in an early move or anything, but who would go in the in an early move in the, if we take a look at GC? Because like, will Santi? Bora try something with Kemna? Will Butrago go early again? You're right. Kemna tried to slip in today once on the climb. I okay. thought Yumbo would try to get Kus in. Wouldn't that have been the play? It would have been a play. For example... I think there was a Yumbo rider trying to do something or he was following Ardensmon probably. Yeah. So I don't think he was trying to go in the breakaway necessarily, but it would have been a play. If, for example, in this kind of stage as today, Yumbo can get a rider that is close to GC like that, because like you mentioned, in a larger group, then Ineos has to ride all out to keep that, to yeah. keep that close down. But then again, Ardensmon could just have controlled it on the climb itself or Ineos could just have responded by putting Ardensmon with Kuz and what does Yumbo do then? But then it still lets Kuz take maybe five minutes or something yeah but Arden's one too and oh if Aaron's been guessing the break yeah yeah and then UAE will chase and then Bora will chase and Bahrain <laughs> will chase and that's sort of what happened in the break formation anyway yeah. tomorrow's stage 200ks again from Sereno to Bergamo it's not a lot of hiking in Bergamo um I nearly died there once Benji I was actually stuck in in the mountains uh, this is in 2014. I didn't nearly die. My, my hands got a little bit cold, but um, <laughs> the podcasting union said I nearly did. Um, <laughs> no, it was cold. 
And this is where I learned the power of podcasting. And in the high mountains, because I was always listening to podcasts. I mean, you probably didn't know what a podcast was nine years ago. Um, Rude. Well, they weren't that popular, were they? 2013, 14? Well, of course. LRCP made them popular. (laughs) Ah, That's facts. (laughs) Anyway, um, listening to the BS report from Bill Simmons kind of got me through and uh, got back on piste and some Italians drove me down the mountain, got, bought me an espresso halfway down, and um, yeah, it was glorious. Anyway, 200Ks, hilly start, first 30Ks, and then they do a pretty difficult climb, actually, 11.7Ks, mm-hmm. 8%, and that has steeper sections in it, the uh, Valico de Valcava, there's 3Ks averaging 10.7%, step descent, um, 20K valley, and then medium mountain climbs, 11K is 5.5%, descent, short descent, 5K is 7%, descent. Then what might have a little bit of pave in it, not sure. Maybe I'm making that up. I think I am. The a punchy climb, 1K is 7%, flat valley, and then the roncola, which is 6K is 8.4%, and then it levels off at the end, descent. Then near the finish, they do the uh, largo colid aperto. Oh, it's a circuit. Uh, that same climb, 1.3K, 7.3%, 4Ks descent to the finish. So if Lasov was here in good health with Kemna Benji, I would be pretty sure Bora would try something on this stage, but he's not. No. And right now I think the best play for them is to hope for the easiest race possible. And for Kamna to just survive and somehow top five, and Lechnison will fall out, and someone else falls out, and you can top five. So I think them forcing the issue on this stage, ah, I don't see it. And Jungles has looked a bit, the team apart from Denz has looked a bit under the weather, maybe. So is this the stage Ineos try something, Benji? They still have three in the top 10. I don't know, man. Like, just to be clear, this is mini Lombardia, basically, right? Because Valido could. Valico di Valcava was in Lombardia 2016, if I recall correctly, as one of the earlier climbs in that it's rough hard. circuit at the end. I think Diego Rosa got like second. I don't know who won that edition. Probably Chavez, if I recall correctly. And then we've got that final climb here, Roncola Alta. That was in 2021 in Lombardia, if my memory serves me wrong. 2020, something like that. My Lombardia's in the head right now. Haha, <laughs> I'm proud of that. But um, that being said, this parkour is also... While it is a medium mountain stage, and while I love medium mountain stage, the valleys between the climbs are gigantic. And for something to happen on this stage, I'm looking at it and I'm like, will anyone risk to go earlier than the Roncola Alta? And I'm like, I don't think so. I don't think even think Ineos will go earlier. And even though they have multiple riders, even though they have an Arden's one and so forth, they would almost have to put him in the breakaway to be able to gain anything from that. And I do believe the break will win the stage. I believe that, you know how I see the stage going out? I see the stage going like this. The break wins the stage, and in the peloton, we see Roglic attack on that final bump before the line. He probably should. He gapped Thomas more than, like if, if Gegenhart wasn't the bridge for Thomas on Fossembrone, does Thomas come back? Mm-hmm. Probably. But it was Gagan Hart who was much closer to Roglic than Thomas on that punchy climb. Now, this little climb isn't as hard as that, but 
I also think Roglic is better on this climb uh, as well. It's but then is he really going to go for it is before the rest day and so you know you're not thinking ah oh, well his real stage is next yeah the but problem sorry go on he had stitches after that last crash apparently yeah well because i think balmont said in willerfleds that he fell on his hip or something and it was pretty rough he so said in an interview he, he was no good so keeping that in mind i just don't expect yumbo to risk it all on the stage yes it's possible to have a satellite rider in the breakaway to go on the Roncola Alta, bridge to your satellite rider, benefit from that, no pain, no glory, dive into descend, tread of death descend, and we go to the line and we see Roglic trying to take some time in that send, but Ineos is going to arrive with their full team at the bottom of that climb, so good luck getting away 100% there. I do think that Roglic could straight up try and fire away if he was in peak form, but is he that at the moment after that crash? We don't know, so I expect a bit of a nothing burger. I'm hoping wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I just expect the break to win and Roglic should try something on that 1k hill just before the line. No one has, apart from Ineos, no one has dual leaders anymore. Yep. Hague's, Hague's out for Bahrain and Santi doesn't, Santi doesn't look good uh, to me. He's um, tried twice early, which I enjoy, but I don't see the effectiveness in it and I think that the peloton can control him easily. I mean... Sorry, I'm just seeing... Dunbar finished second last on the stage, lost three minutes. That he must have changed bike, right? I don't know. Let me just nah that I'm just checking where the other Jayco riders are. Okay, so Dunbar must have finished the stage on someone else's bike because all of Jayco left him behind and they were doing 100 <laughs> watts, so that can't be right. Sorry. I was just looking through because he's still somewhere in the in GC and yeah. um, because his GC results were all must, me messed up. It showed him losing seven places. I was like, what? Anyway, uh, EF only got one. Carthy. Bora yeah. got one. Kemner. Bahrain, I frankly, I see one. Caruso. UAE, one. Almeida. Yumbo, one. Roglic. So are Ineos going to break ranks or break form and really get, I mean, isn't the option you get Swift in the break and then he gets in there with Aronsman? But it's a long way, Benji, because the climbs kind of suit Aronsman, shallow in the middle. But it's it's 100Ks in the middle of this stage, right? Yumbo won't allow that anyway. Like, Yumbo's team looks pretty solid. It looks good enough to control an Aronsman at the start of the stage because it's also not a fully uphill start, eh? Unless no. the break forms on the climb itself, which is That's a bit harder I mean. to control. But... I think this is just going to be a break stage. And if I look, look at riders for the break, Derek G is going to win this thing. <laughs> are, are we going to do this every break stage? Because he needs to for Chiclamino, right? He needs to be isn't, in the break. Isn't this a good stage for him? Isn't this the best one of the last two? No, H, no HC climbs, yeah, but, but not a flat finish. Give the man a rest. <laughs> yeah, he will be tired, of course. Um, I'm going with Seb Berwick to win this stage. Yeah. I think he can go away on the 1K 7% climb or on the Roncola. He'll be in there with G. Uh, other options, of course, are Dombrowski. It is hard enough this stage that really you need to climb very, very well. And so we should see Betiol in there. Oh, Healy's still here, Benji. He'll be favourite, yep. right? Yeah. Healy wins the stage. I'll do yeah. it again. He won Fossum by five minutes. If he gets in the break and he's got the same legs, he will cook everybody. 
What if Derek G goes in the breakaway tomorrow and the break gets 13 minutes? Then he's in the Malia Rosa. Can't allow it. <laughs> Can't, Can't allow, allow Derek it. G in the Malia no. Rosa. He's too good. He is too good, dude. He's better than Van Aert. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know him listens. Um, <laughs> who else? Do Yumbo try and put Koos in the break? I would. Try, but I don't think it'll work, so... Ineos shouldn't allow it anymore at this point. He's too close now. If I'm Yumbo and Ineos aren't going to do anything, I would try put a Koos, a Bowman, a Glogue in the break just in case Bowman someone has. paces and Roglic kicks it off and gets a gap. Bowman is a, is a viable option. Hesmond could even get in a breakaway. Yeah. Even though he wasn't looking amazing today, I would no. say. I but... called for top 10. <laughs> he got dropped from a group of 100 <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> but. I don't think Sipkas can get in the breakaway. He's now on 11.24, if I'm correct. Yes, that's 10 minutes behind Thomas. That's the amount that, if he was in the breakaway and gains 9 minutes, then he's suddenly back up there in GC and Ineos won't allow that. Or shouldn't allow that. I don't know. You gotta try. Uh, it's Sunday <laughs> stage before the rest day. I'm hoping teams try. I've gone with my boy Seb to win the stage uh, with Derek G as my backup. He scored like 500 UCOA points this week, Derek G, uh, yeah. which is kind of important. Like Israel have made huge inroads in UCI points against poor old Lotto Destiny. Yes. This Giro, like crazy. And the um, injured. And the badly. Like he needs surgery, right? Like he really hurt himself. Uh, I don't puncture know. lung, he, uh, whatever, pneumothorax really or something. Up. Broken ribs, uh, collarbone. So he's going to be out for a bit and hopes he gets back before the Belgian and sees him. He's going to be close. I think Eddie Dunbar is the best from the GC group tomorrow. And Bora, and I think Jaco should try. I'm being serious. I know I was a bit negative about his signing, maybe depending on how much money he was on. And just... Yeah, but... Benji, he, because... he has always been good in Italian punchy races. He is in the form of his life. He attacked from the group strongly yesterday on a properly long climb. He was better in these sort of races like Giro della Toscana in 2018 Italian circuits if you really want like to put Almeida under pressure and UAE and Lechnesund and Caruso I really think Jaco should go for it tomorrow with him okay yeah Roglic might beat you at the finish and gee sure but if you're playing for top four top three which and top five which would top be a five, great result I think is viable you gotta go tomorrow it suits him really really well because GC-wise, I'm looking at Lechnesund. That will probably drop through slowly in GC in the next week. The Pleasant Islands one will likely have to work for Thomas eventually, so they'll probably drop out as well. Pino and Garfi will be difficult to fight with, but he's ahead of them if the time gap that he lost, according to the current result, the provisional results, is wrong. If he yeah, didn't yeah. lost those three minutes, then there's something wrong. No, no, no. <laughs> there's no way. But, um, okay. He's on 2.32. So he's... 40 seconds behind Kemner, 104 the behind truck? Caruso. Oh, 230 true? What do you mean? That's his gap on GC to Thomas. He's on 232 oh, to Thomas, to Thomas. Yeah, okay. yeah. So you can put Carthy under a lot of pressure. And yeah, I really think, and Aaronsman too, I really think Jaco should go for Dunbar tomorrow. More so than, it makes more sense to me they go for tomorrow than trying to attack Almeida on a proper mount stage. Yeah. So I think so as well. That's my view. All right. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. As always, fingers crossed for a good GC action stage tomorrow. 
last day before before the last rest day. If not, we'll all be going to... Maybe people will be at mass, and so they they will save the break formation for when they get out of mass on Sunday. Who knows? Until tomorrow's recap, ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.